Now, it's Everything is Golden on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Here is your host, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly. And welcome to another episode of Everything is Golden. Now, this week is a little bit different. We're not going to be talking about current events or items so much in the regular news. But there are items in the news concerning one of the biggest fantasy enterprises of all time, and that is Star Wars. I started watching Star Wars when I was a mere teenager. I was about, oh, I, don't, I think I was 17 or 18, maybe a little older than that when the movie came out. I get the numbers mixed up. But I do know that I went to the movie theater, the theater itself, at least 14 to 15 times to see the first episode of Star Wars that was released when it was released. And from there, I went to see uh, the second episode, which was The Empire Strikes Back, multiple times. I don't remember how many. And then the third episode, which was originally named The Revenge of the Jedi, but changed to The Return of the Jedi, I actually did something I rarely do ever in life, take a day off from work and went to the movies. I think that's the only time I've ever done that, actually, for The Return of the Jedi. There was a long lapse, decades, and then Lucas, Mr. Lucas, George Lucas, who created the Star Wars Enterprise, came out with three other movies. Yeah. Then he sold the company to Disney. And hence, we got the last three episodes of the Star Wars trilogy. My nephew, who was not born at the time when the first Star Wars episode came out, T.J. Williams, is here with me today. He is also a Star Wars. It runs in the family, you see, just like the Skywalker thing runs from generation to generation. So the, 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 he actually is a lot more knowledgeable about the world of fantasy than I am, which is why I asked him to join me today so we could talk about this Star Wars thing. So welcome, TJ. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me on. I'm looking forward to uh, getting into it. And for all you listeners out there don't that are you know big on the semantics, don't get all in a tizzy because he referred to Star Wars as fantasy. And we know it's not Lord of the Rings or any of those other... It's still fantasy. What the hell is the... Science ob- fiction. What the uncle. hell is the objection to fantasy? Science it's not... fiction. It's not real. There's a purist in... For for every genre out there, and the purist with fantasy will tell you that Star Wars is not a part of that entire genre. So, you know, I'm just putting that disclaimer out there now. <laughs> Here we go. Okay. So when did you start watching Star Wars? I, I, I mean, probably you don't even, I don't know whether you even remember it because you were a baby. We were showing you. Star Wars movie. Yeah, the first one came out the actual year I was born. It came out before I I came into this world. But um, I think I was maybe 10 or 11 the first time I saw it that I can actually remember. Um, I've seen all of the movies except for, you know, episode 7, 8, and 9 countless times. I've watched 7, 8, and 9 maybe twice, maybe three times. Because, you know... Not to reveal my true feelings about those movies so early on, you do go back and watch them again and again just to kind of pick through the little, you know, 
tidbits and the Easter eggs and things like that, the things that you may have missed before, looking for things that may, you know, change your your initial perspective or your initial, uh, you know, opinion of the movies. Well, okay. So the first three, I was in love with Star Wars Episode One. I was in love with Star Wars Episode Two. The Empire Strikes Back. In fact, I have very fond memories of being in the movie theater when the big reveal came that Darth Vader was, in fact, Luke's father. Yeah, that's the biggest reveal in movie history. That reveal is the single most important reason that you do not watch the movies in, you know, order in the actual episode one, two, three, four, five, six. Because if you do, the reveal is completely lost on you. And it's such, again, it's the biggest reveal in history of, of movies. And I mean, I could be wrong, but you know, you can go in the comment section and, and, and give me a better one. Well, I remember <laughs> the reaction in the movie theater and I'm not kidding. In the movie theater, the first time we were there, when Darth Vader said, no, Luke, I am your father. The whole, it was a, it almost sounded like the entire movie theater. Of course, it wasn't. But in unison, you just heard this, oh, and then the S word. Oh, shoot. Not shoot. (laughs) And it was so loud that afterwards, everyone started laughing. But it was it was insanely incredible and explosive at the time. So that was a great movie. It ended, and everyone said, coming up, I remember the remarks, wow, this is one of the best movies I've ever seen in my life. Then came Return of the Jedis, and that gave a hint as to what was going to happen. I watched Return of the Jedi, and I just had this nagging feeling about these stupid Ewoks and it's just like, this is this a movie or are they trying to peddle some new kids stuff in here? <laughs> merchandise. Is this like a promotion for Ewok merchandise or is this actually, you know, really the storyline? That's funny. I don't have any evidence to back it up, but one of the most one of the popular kids' cartoons at the time, I believe, was Care Bears. I wonder if that had anything to do with it, but you know, you got to appeal to all ages, and I imagine the Ewoks definitely appealed to at least the female audience and then the children who were watching it as well. I mean, you know, we could have, or George rather, could have made the Ewoks in the any alien species that he wanted to, but to have them be some little cuddly-looking teddy bear-type creatures, that was... I'm sure it was done on purpose. I, I don't think I have ever seen an interview with him that... You know, the question was asked, what was the inspiration for the Ewoks? I would love to to hear him answer that, though. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYC. Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. Okay, and then after, uh, I don't know, the, dec- the, the, the wait in between the trilogy seemed interminable. I still have the issue of either, I think it's Newsweek, when it was announced that The Phantom Menace was coming. Yeah. And wow, the excitement level was through the roof. And it didn't disappoint. I mean... Yes, it did. No. One, look. Yes, it did. Look, I I understand where you're coming from. And everybody who is a Star Wars person, I'm pretty sure they know exactly what you're alluding to right now. Uh, And that's... Obviously, that's Jar Jar Binks. But I refuse to let one character ruin the entire storyline. Jar Jar Binks was the absolute... (laughs) Stupidest, worst <laughs> character. Just like that was the biggest reveal in episode two, Jar Jar Binks was the biggest disappointment in Star Wars franchise history up until the last three episodes. Yeah, but Jar Jar wasn't, I mean, look. It, it, when, it, when it, the, it took away the from movie, the whole movie. When the movie opened. Every time he, that guy opened his mouth, and I saw an interview with that guy, and he just... The poor guy that played Jar Jar Binks is just, he, he just feels horrible. Yeah, you never see that guy at any of the Star Wars fan events. <laughs> I, he's just, he's like living in misery ever since because the character is so hated. Well, and I, I mean, look, I, I get it. He's not my favorite at all, by far. Like, but there are a lot of gems in that movie. A name lot one. of, I mean, name come one. on, the opening scene where they're, where Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon are on the ship fighting against the droids and they show off, you know, the Jedi speed, the lightsaber um, melting through the blast doors, just the, the I mean, it gets off, the, the movie starts with that. So it's like, you don't have to wait. It gives you everything you want to see. Jedi and lightsabers right Jar-Jar. from the jump. And then, and then the know, stupid underwater scenes that seemed in the movie to go on forever and yeah, ever. Yeah, but at the end of Boring. the day, you got to see them fight against Darth Maul, which is one of the better lightsaber choreography scenes that has been made in the whole... It might actually be... Uh, I don't know. Some of the, some of the ones that uh, you see in the latest um, show, uh, Ahsoka Tano, have been really, really good. But that that particular fight was was excellent. Um, but yeah, I mean, I totally get where you're coming from. Okay, and then after that came Padme 
And I always also thought that this the guy that plays Luke, I'm not Luke, the guy that plays uh, Annie. Hayden, oh, uh, Annie or Anakin? Anakin. Hayden Christensen. I always thought he was, uh, you look, I, I'm not trying to denigrate the guy. I, it's, a di- it's a difficult role. But I always thought he was stiff. Those love scenes were just like stiff. It wasn't, it was, I don't know. Anyway. So, okay, so we go through that. We go through Padme. We go through the whole thing. I thought one of the strongest moments in it was the episode where finally he turns into Darth Vader at the end and blah, blah. That series is over. There's a lot that I can say about that series that I won't. Oh, uh, yeah. Given my earlier comments, I, I have to mention that that fight scene between um, Anakin and Obi-Wan at the end is right up there with the Darth Maul fight scene too. That scene was actually great. I mean, they did on the lava. That was so good. They did redo a couple of the choreography. Like they repeated a couple of the choreography segments, you know, like Anakin did the, the behind the back flourish like twice. And it was like, okay, you basically just, instead of coming up with something new, you did the same thing over again. Mm -hmm. So we were like watching the same part of the fight on repeat but it was still awesome. Um, so I just have to put that out there. Like, I'm, I can't, like, leave that out. Okay, now let's get to the Disney. Disney buys Star Wars. Everybody thinks, okay, Disney owns Star Wars now. Not me. Um, my personal opinion about this is that there are, and, and it, look, this. I have to preface this by saying that I have, up to that point, I had not only watched the movies, but I had read a significant amount of the Star Wars, what's called Legends canon now, the, all the stuff that was the expanded Star Wars universe, written by a lot of best-selling, award-winning yes, authors. Yes, you know I have. You know I have a, the, yeah, almost have a, a whole them. library. And at that those. point, you know, reading through a lot of those books and seeing... um in particular, some of the dark stuff that's in there, I thought Disney was literally the last company that should be taking over Star Wars simply because I knew that they were not going to put a lot of that stuff out there. The books on those books that were released in the intervening years were absolutely captivating and awesome. And even though there were multiple authors, the thread of work was so high level, such quality... And no holes. It was all consistent. It all seamless. It all fit together. I mean, not not for nothing. The first two books, the first two books, uh, one is called The Truce at Baccarat by Kathy Tires, I believe. And the second book is called The Courtship of Princess Leia. Um He's looking it up right now. Dave Wolverton is the name of the author. Those two books and the stories contained within arguably are better than everything that has come out that Disney has put out. TJ, amen to that. Those Star Wars books blew me, blew my socks off. And we haven't even gotten to Timothy Zahn yet. The Timothy Zahn books were through the roof. They were amazing. Now, just for those who don't know, Timothy Zahn is the man who came up with Grand Admiral Thrawn. His books are so good. He he wrote a trilogy, um, the Heir to the Empire trilogy, 
which takes place about five years after the return of the Jedi, the, the, the destruction of the second Death Star. And look, I, I can understand anybody at Disney saying, hey, if we had made those books into movies, then there wouldn't be any surprises. There wouldn't be, everybody would know what was going on, blah, blah, blah. But if you're going to replace something of that level of quality, it needs to be on par or better. And I'm sorry, episode seven was not even close. None of the episodes since then have been close. Okay, we're about out of time for this podcast. We did not even get to. So we're going to do a part two. TJ and I are going to do a part two on the new Star Wars, because there is being a big announcement. What's the announcement, TJ? Well, the announcement is that there is a new director, uh, the first woman director to direct a Star Wars film. Uh, her name is Charmaine Obeyed Chinoy. And not for nothing, she does have, you know, credentials, two Academy Awards, seven Emmys. Um, but she's made a lot of comments that people are kind of raising their eyebrows at and you know, I, I, we'll get into that in the next part. I mean, to be honest with you, Star Wars is so deep, we might have to make several parts of this. But Yeah, because we didn't even... <laughs> let me let, And let me introduce another topic for, a few, for either the next installment of this or the future. Let me ask you one question. If you had to look at the entire body of work of the films, what is the best Star Wars franchise film? Oh, wow. Um, okay, so I've thought about this long and hard. And it's really, really difficult to put a film that is not in the main timeline as the best film. But personally, I believe Rogue One I, is Rogue the One. best Rogue One Star is Wars the film. single best and, Star Wars franchise movie Period. Yeah, I mean, The Empire Strikes Back is Rogue One and This Empire Strikes Back are like one A and one B, and you can flip flop them. Okay, I'm not going to go against Rogue One was astoundingly else, but good. Rogue One doesn't have the reveal. The reveal is what puts it completely over the top when it comes to the episodes. I mean, The Empire Strikes Back in in relationship to every other movie except for Rogue One. Rogue One was probably the best written one from beginning to end, and it showed, I mean, don't get me wrong, I still have, it's one of my biggest gripes about Star Wars is that Darth Vader is literally the most popular villain on the planet, but when you look at it, what have we actually seen him do? Right. Rogue One gives you a little bit of A little of hint that. at the end. But the books, if you read the books, the books talk about how billions and billions of lives and blah, 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 blah. And we have seen none of that. That's what I want to see. I want to see Darth Vader just go absolutely bonkers. And I have a feeling that Disney is never going to let us see that. Okay, that's the end of episode one of Star Wars. With Bo Snurley, with James Golden on Everything is Golden and T.J. Williams. And we will be back soon, I promise you, with episode two. And I hope you've enjoyed this excursion into the world of fantasy <laughs> with us and one of the best fantasy enterprises ever, ever made. Everything is Golden. And we'll see you soon.
This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 